Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Holly Hughes, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. We are so happy to have you on here because we're going to talk about reinventing ourselves at midlife. And it's such a great time to do it. But before we dive in, tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Oh, excellent. I am Holly Hughes. Thank you so much for coming, for coming for me having, having me here. <laughs> more coffee. Um, my day started with my teenager having a meltdown. So like, that's how it went, but I am an intuitive <laughs> healer and an author, obviously a speaker. Cause I'm amazing at choosing words, but, um, I love helping people through their transition points in their lives. I, sometimes I put it like, I help heal your heart. So the pain from the past stops limiting your future. Mm, I love that. And you should come see me or send a friend my way. If you hear someone who keeps repeating the same story, right? Like they just can't move on from something that happened to them. Um, I can see here and feel things that other people can't. Um, And I didn't know that, that I had this gift because it was my normal. But one mm. time when I got sick and I woke up from surgery, it all went quiet. And I was like, oh, this is how other people live. And then I was like, I can't live like this. So I got it all back. But it's super fun. It's super wow. fun. Yeah. So that way, like instead of going to therapy and like diving in, I can pinpoint in your body where there's pain. Mm. And I, because I'm also an empath, like I cry a lot in my room. And I just kind of like dig into, and I know your truth. So like the core value of like working with me is you got to be ready to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be ready to make some changes. I would think too, huh? A hundred percent. Some people move faster than others. So like, I don't have an agenda how fast you want to move. I I want to just make you feel safe and Mm. heard and seen and validated because so many people aren't, especially women. Let's bring it back to women in midlife, right? We have been in a place probably of catering to many people around us and making things better for everybody and easier for everybody. And many people show up fed up. Yes, exactly. Yep. Well, and I think too, sometimes at midlife, you get caught up in yeah, being the mom and being mm-hmm. a spouse and doing everything for everybody else, like you said, and then you forget who you are, which 100%. that happens to me. Yeah. It happens to, <laughs> I think it happens to everybody at certain yeah. points in their life. Um, like I was, I was telling you a little earlier, I was, I was working with a client and I was like, what advice would you give your younger self? And I chose 15, 20, 
28-ish, 30 because of Saturn return. That's a woo-woo thing. Anyway, and I did that because I like to tell people what you liked to play with when you were four, you don't want to play with when you're eight. And you definitely don't want to play with when you're 16. So why don't we give ourselves grace as grown-ass women to change what we like or do it different or, you know, all those things I've heard you speak about, you know, you don't have to be perfect when you first start doing something again. And no. that's the beauty. Yeah. I think for me, like women in midlife in redefining yourself, you'd be like, what is working and what doesn't anxiety usually comes around what isn't working. Mm-hmm. How do I speak up? How do I share that information? And what if I don't know what I want to change? Right. I was just about to ask you, like, what if you don't know what needs to change? Like you just, you feel, you feel blocked, but, and you're stuck. And how do you even begin to get unstuck? Yeah. Well, when you work, like when I work with someone at that point, I'll usually feel a moment of time where they believed that they deserved less. Mm-hmm. And it can be a small moment. Yeah. It had to be earth shattering. It could be the time when you got locked out of the house as a kid and you felt forgotten. It could be yes. the time that your best friend didn't show up um, on time and left you hanging. Like it could be a normal occurrence. That right. It left a little uh, imprint on you. Yeah. So how do you, how do you yeah. change that? I mean, is it possible to actually heal from Deep, deep, deep wounds like that. A hundred percent. I think you have to be willing to cry and then you have to let go of the story that is defining you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, oh, I'm forgettable. If I don't make nice, if I don't do what people say, if I don't take care of everything, you're not going to need me. If you don't need me, we're not friends. Well, I don't want to be friends with someone that there's a conditional term like terms with. Right. Exactly. So what I would say to people is, especially in midlife, is that, um, like, what did you love to do as a kid? And when was the last time you did it? Because Mm -hmm. at midlife, you're not expected to be the best one in the room, right? You might not be competing at an elite level, but it still might be an amazingly fun thing. Sometimes I start small with people. um, Like, to kind of tap into the joy that they forgot that they know how to have. Right. I, I tell them when I get blue or depressed, I wear pigtails and I know it sounds super simple. It sounds like the simplest thing, but damn pigtails make me happy. And two, and I make a zigzag part and my hair still flops. It might be thinner, (laughs) but it still goes doing, doing, doing back and forth. And I can't be sad with pigtails. It's I used to, I used to wear those when I was a kid. It was so right? funny. And, but the other day I went hiking and my little doggy that I think you've mm-hmm. seen in the backpack. Right. And cause she always jumps up and is like in my hair. So I ended up braiding it like into a little, little, you know, mm-hmm. on each side. And I did, I felt like a little girl I was like, Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> super fun. Did you wear it? Like have the kabangers is what I call them. Oh the yeah. I did different oh, colors, yeah. you know, in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, it it's joyful. It's super joyful. I still dance, right? Yeah, I show good up. For you. And that I mean, I used to go to PT every day after dance, but it I am happy. I have a community there. There is just such joy. And I am a cranky motherfucker on the way. 
because <laughs> dance class is at seven at night. It's 45 minutes away. It's always traffic. I am never in a good mood when I show up, but the minute I hear the music, yeah, I study African dance. So you hear drum, dun, 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 dun. and then I'm just like, yeah, no. And then that's it. And, and then, then amazing so how happy. things like, yeah, that energy just flows through you and can completely change your mood, your energy, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. Right. I love that. Yeah. I refuse to grow up. Oh, yeah. Being an adult <laughs> is so overrated. I think you can like, I, I like to tell people I'm moody, right? But I own my moods. I think maybe that's no. another thing for midlife women, right? I'm not always happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there's nothing anyone can do about that, I inform my family, hey, I'm in a mood today. You didn't cause it. There's nothing you can do to fix it. I just need to be left alone right now, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes I want to be outside. And like ground in that. Sometimes I just want to watch K dramas because I'm an insane K drama fan, like way into <laughs> it, trying to learn to speak Korean now. But I think what is amazing for me is is just being able to articulate what you need. Right. And then when your family sees that you are better after you ask for it, it becomes easier and easier to do. I used to be yeah. the biggest people pleaser, like. I didn't want to say anything that could remotely hurt your feelings. I suffered over saying, I don't want that coffee. Like it would be over whatever. And now I'm pretty damn consistent of like, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's not really. I admire that. And people that will actually just, and and you don't always have to be, you don't have to be rude about it. Mm -hmm. Just be able to state your values and your needs. But Mm -hmm. I've always admired that. And people that have done that, like, no, I don't want that. Yes, I'll take this, please. Exactly. Or yeah. and mm-hmm. it works the other way too, because sometimes I'm a, I'm an expressive introvert. So when my introvert part, like I will hole up. <laughs> um, and so I will send a text message to a friend and be like, I need you to invite me out. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm stuck in my hole, you know? Yeah. And then also asking for the reverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard for us to speak up for ourselves, especially as women, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, that's what did you say? Expressive introvert. Uh, yeah, it's called an expressive introvert, where like he, I present as an extrovert, right? Like I can be around people, like thousands of people is way too much for me. A couple, like I'm really good at my magic number is like ten to fifteen. Like I feel really good in that group of yeah. people. Um, more than that, like after an like an hour, I need to go. Yeah, yeah. See, I've always called myself an ambivert. Have you heard of that? Ambivert. Yeah, yeah it's actually, I'm on an ambivert. Yep. <laughs> okay. So intuitive healing. Mm. So let's say you, you meet with someone and do you have to meet with them in person? I don't. I work in person okay. and over Zoom. Okay. Just like this. Just like So this. you're able to spot something, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. Are you able to assist in the healing or does that, or do they have to do that themselves? Oh, that's a wonderful way to ask that question. It's, mm-hmm. it's both. Yeah. I can facilitate like a little bit of magic, right? Because yeah. I can feel stuff. Um, I can literally shift energy. This is what I spend a lot of time. So a session mm-hmm. is a conversation and then energy work. Mm-hmm. And if you're in my room, if you're local, then I'm, I literally like kind of move my hands around you and I do a guided meditation that I'm channeling just for you. 
Oh, nice. And then it's similar over Zoom where I will do it, but like I will just wave my hand around the camera or have it off camera and work on different places. Like, I don't know where, like, I've been wanting to say this. I'm not wrong. I'm going to say it on camera, but you have like, there's like, it's not quite a ghost, but it's something on the top cabinet over there. Yes. And I would clear that so quick. Like, it's just, <laughs> clear it's just that. You need to go. It's like a little, um, how do I explain what it looks like? It kind a of troll? Looks, is no, there a no. troll over it's my like home? a funny looking mm, energetic hedgehog, I would call it. Because it's kind oh, of like an oval and it's got funny little spiky things on it. It's not bad, but it's not good either. Well, interesting. You better get mm. rid of that damn thing. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. See, now I've always, as a kid, I've always been very intuitive myself. Mm-hmm. And very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I would end up, and I now that I, I'm more aware of it, I'm able to control it a little bit more as far as like the energies that come my way. Yeah, but you get a lot of sore throats, I feel, because I feel like the yes. energy comes around here. That's you yeah. being an empath without a clearer boundary. So yeah. you, you bring it in here and it goes here and here. Yeah. And then you might get a funny headache here and a little pain here. And that's like yeah. how you're receiving messages. Oh man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So then how do you know what needs to be done to heal that? Is it different for everyone? I guess yeah. like the different methods and modalities to heal their wounds. I love these questions. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, how do I explain that? Cause I don't want to read you on thing. I think the modality is no matter what your belief system is, mm-hmm. I tap into unconditional love. Mm. So there are many people who like to claim they do shadow work and basically it's inner child healing or whatever. But I like to say that there are some people who have taken a class or a course and gotten a certificate, mm-hmm. right? And then they learn this, I'm air quoting, um, this technique. And this is where I'm a little bitchy because they learn to open doors, but they don't have the energetic sense to know to close them. Yeah. And so if you open a door to dark energy, that is so hard to get off. Yes. Things will happen around you and you'll not understand why. And it's because someone opened a door and didn't close it. So I also don't deal with dark stuff. If that comes around, I'll send you to someone else. Like I'll help you move through grief heartache, whatever. Mm. I'm not saying that, but like the really dark stuff, I, I, I prefer not. Yeah. I will also send you to a doctor, right? Like I have felt while doing body work, actually, when I saw a client's photo on Instagram, I knew she had breast cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I sent her, uh, I waited for her to come home from her vacation. And I was like, Hey, she's like, Holly, what? And I'm like, well, cause she had already survived it and she was so young. Oh. Um, but we caught it. She went super aggressive, had massive treatment and is now married, had a child, super happy. I had another client recently, someone who had heard me on a podcast mm-hmm. and came to, and came to work with me. And I was like, something's wrong here. I couldn't get past this pain that I was feeling in his hip. Mm. Um, and a month later he sent me an, an email saying, I don't know 
how your gift works or whatever, but he also had cancer and it manifested there. Gosh. So So just being able to detect those things. Yeah. And it's not like, I can't see that for everyone. I'll I'll know when you're about to get pregnant. I'm really good at that one too. (laughs) Please don't. No. I'd rather have a troll. No. We're getting rid of that thing. I'm going to work on it when we hang up. But you and I, no, we talked before. We're going to have a cocktail with by a table. We're going to go for a hike. It's going to be totally different. I think so. I feel like energy lands in different places. There are people who have spasms in their back all the time. And I will remove what I would often see as an energetic dagger. So literally, mm-hmm. I see things on you. Sometimes yeah. I'll place like... um things on you to help heal. Like I love working with Archangel Metatron. Metatron looks like a steampunk angel to me. That's how he manifests for me. Mm. Um, And he puts what I call angelic band-aids on people on the places they need to heal. And it's their versions of the seed of the soul. You can like Google that if you need to, if someone doesn't know what it is. And it's just places of healing. A lot of time when I move energy out of people's bodies, which could be being stuck, stagnant, um, being like really believing that they are a victim of things Mm -hmm. when it's time to move on. And I will tell them your feet might be sweating later. You might get a little nauseous later or go buy some good toilet paper because I'm removing it from your body. And I, every time get a message, Holly, I was like, I told you, I told you so like, like it's moving. Well, it's energy. like toxic energy, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to move, move it. You know what I, I find interesting is that we sometimes, a lot of people, and I don't think this mm-hmm. way, think it's like this energy thing. It's all voodoo type of stuff. Yeah, it's cuckoo, cuckoo, I've said this before in the podcast that, what? okay, an atom is mm-hmm. 99.999999% energy. Yeah. yeah. And that leaves only 0.00001% matter. Mm-hmm. And it matters because most of us focus on the matter, the physical things that we can see. But what mm-hmm. you can't see is that 99 point something percent, Right. And that's where all of that gets, I mean, we're basically, we're like little balls of energy, like floating around. The (laughs) other thing is dogs can see things we can't and hear things we can't. Like there's more to it. Look, when I was growing up and thinking I was going to be a chemical engineer, like my dad, or like a writer, although I did do that, like a a journalist, like all these things. I went to school. I worked in film and TV for 18 years. Do you think that I said, hey, I'm going to do this for people? Like, you know. Yeah. No, of course I didn't. Did I always believe it and see it and feel it? A hundred percent. But again, I didn't know you didn't. I didn't know like that voice that came when I was so afraid in the dark and right. helped me feel safe. I didn't know that you didn't have that. And it was no imaginary friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like they had a name. I can tell you how deep their voice was. Like I, there, it is very real. So mm-hmm. I also like to tell people that it doesn't matter like what your belief is because what I tap into is universal, right? So one of the right. first beings I ever saw when I was meditating was like Kuan Yin. And I was like, who's who's this woman? Like, And I would like have to look them up or it was, it was, it was earlier this week. I've been having the most crazy nightmares about snakes and reptiles coming for me. And so I threw it out there because I wanted some of my clients who have gifts to kind of play with what do you think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I went and looked up some of the things I saw and one is an ancient 
sea demon that comes around with eclipses. So it's like, oh my God, there's eclipse this week. So, you know, when yeah. it happens often enough, you're like, oh, no, this is real. Yeah. And I think too, focusing on the energy of yourself, mm-hmm. you're able to heal a lot of that, right? I mean, that's the point of it. Cause like, if you are focusing on the, the physical aspect of your body, that's a little bit more challenging to heal. Like, so if someone is physically hurting, mm-hmm. then if you're focusing on the physical, that's actually not the way to heal it. It is going into that subtle space, right? Oh, into yeah, the, the subtle body energy. I think it's yeah. both. Like, right, I've had plenty of surgery on my body. My body's had mm-hmm. like some things happen to it. So I'm not saying yeah. I can wave my hand and I'm not, right. I'm not saying that. Don't yeah. quote me anyone out there. But what I am saying <laughs> when you are disconnected from your highest self, from that piece of your soul, mm-hmm. things that aren't important become exceedingly important. Right. And right. like when I was younger, I used to say my heart and my head were not aligned. I had a defective picker. I kept picking these awful relationships mm-hmm. and repeating these patterns of abuse, yes. honestly. Right. Yep. Right. And just being belittled because I was like, I'll love you enough to make you happy. That mm-hmm. was my belief. I can love you enough to make you, I can take whatever you give because I'm strong. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. And if you are in that, I'm going to offer that there's other ways that receiving and being, if you're uncomfortable and receiving admiration, help and love, then there's amazing healing for you to be done around that. Yeah. And then you won't accept scraps. Yep. And it's so worth doing all the work. It is. Yeah. I've done a lot myself just throughout the decades of stuff that I've been through. Let me rephrase that shit that I've been through. There you go. (laughs) And it was a lot. You know, like you Mm -hmm. said, you have to be prepared to cry. You have to be prepared to, but it's on the other side of it. It's so much more beautiful. And then you can go on living your life with peace and harmony. Mm -hmm. Right. We can do hard things. Yeah. I think it's hard to like live like being lonely and undervalued and invisible in your home with your family, mm-hmm. then those, if you choose to leave, if that is the best choice for you, then being those few lonely nights that you'll have right, forever. I think like one of the things like during my healing journey also was like, I never wanted to be angry. I thought mm-hmm. anger was super negative yes. and that was not meant for me. And I was in therapy and I had come into my, in a panic attack. I didn't even know it was a panic attack. And I was like, <clears throat> breathing, like crying, snot crying, like the whole ugly thing. And my therapist, her name was Brenda. And she was like, are you okay? I was like, what is this? And she's like, explain it. And I was like, too big. I was just falling apart. And she's like, that's anger. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you're mad. And I was like, what? No, no. And she's like, and then I drove to Santa Monica. This is a true story. And I went out not to the pier, but a little down further up and over. And I ugly cried for, I think a couple of hours in public. I felt really safe in public, but I just didn't want to be alone, but I had to let it out. I cried like that for days. And wow. then I woke up and I was like, I have a temper now. This thing is fucking awesome Uh, because it takes a lot to make me mad. I will try to have a conversation. It will cause me pain. I will be very upset to be angry, but I will be like, Hey, this is whatever. And then if you cross a line, I'll either I'll shut down. Right. And then I'm done or like I'll fight for something, but you make me mad. 
no, you won't like it. And, 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 and it's not that I won't try a bunch of times to try to fix it. I am, but it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be like, that doesn't work for me. Or my husband and I have a dialogue, which is you need to go for a walk right now. Like when we, neither of us like each other and we just need a moment to calm down. But when you do that in a relationship, especially in midlife, you, it's not an abandonment thing. You're not leaving each other. It is, I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something. I'm overwhelmed because I'm so emotionally sensitive. They overwhelm me and I just need time to kind of process. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just, I'm asking for it. Yes. And and really that's self-love and also the love of the relationship. Like you're respecting Mm -hmm. the relationship enough that you don't want (laughs) to trash it just because you're in a shitty mood, right? I have to do that too. I I was telling you earlier, I was trying to call the airline for my refund and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, I've got to calm down. Let's do a little, I pulled up my calm app and I was doing like little breathing techniques, you know, but, but that's the thing. Like you, you learn what your triggers are. Mm And I love that saying of like, your, um, let your triggers become your treasures. Mm-hmm. And once you learn those triggers, you figure out like those things in your toolbox that you can use to help you calm down or to be able to, you know, go to your significant other and go, Hey, mm-hmm. I need a little break, you know, nothing personal, but yeah, I think I that or think it's go Im- dancing. Yeah. Or I think it's important to like, also anyone who has children, it's important that they see and start letting children feel. Yes. Please, please, please. The world is fucked up. You know yeah. why? Because no one's allowed to feel what they're feeling and everyone numbs out. Yes. And emotion is energy in motion. So if you, you like that? Yeah. Oh, no. I was like, <laughs> I was going to dance. Write that down. Yeah. So just like your anger, like if you mm-hmm. keep that down, that it's not flowing through you, like just let it go. Right. And I it used to do the same thing. Too. Yeah. My, um, my ex had passed away when he was 26 and, um, and then my brother mm-hmm. passed away when he was 49. And when my ex-husband passed away, I did not grieve. I, I mean, it was a single mom. I had started <laughs> a new business. I didn't really have time to grieve, mm-hmm. you know? And so and I didn't give myself permission to grieve. And then that all bubbled, all that bubbled to the surface when my brother passed. And I, I can remember telling myself, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm going to give you the gift of grieving this time. Like, mm. no. So, and I did. I, yeah, I bawled. Like I, some days I felt happy and I was okay. Mm-hmm. If I felt happy, I gave myself permission to not feel guilty for being at peace, you know, like my brother just died. I should not feel, you know, Mm -hmm. at peace. And then I just let it flow through me. And I tell you what, I actually, not that, you know, the, I think we always grieve, right? There's always, doesn't mean that if you feel better that you're over that person, or even if it's a relationship, Mm -hmm. right. But I feel like I got to the other side quicker by allowing myself to just go through the whole thing and not deny any of my feelings or emotions it, for a hundred percent yeah think, and it, people don't give space for that and, right. and i'm talking like in the parenting space when my child like was having her moment this morning i just mm-hmm. i have to give you space to have it i can make it safe around you i will yeah. not scream at you to get your ass to the bus which is in my head because i am just human <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. really? Can you just, uh, okay. But this emotion is real. 
this, her experience is real and it doesn't matter what I want, but if I give you space to go through it, yes. and it's five minutes, really it's five minutes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you're learning to self-regulate, you know, what you need to breathe, you ne- like all of that. And that's a gift. So when you're older, you can come to me and tell me you're frustrated. You can have all of the feelings mm-hmm. because so many parents nowadays make it better. Mm, they just oh, yes. immediately go to make it better. And that's not giving your children coping skills. Yes, exactly. Right. Then they're not resilient. They're not able to handle anything. Right. That anything. Comes like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of parents whose kids are older. Like I talk to my mom all the time. It's not, that's not what I'm saying, but who's they check in the kids check in. Yes. Like you both have this symbiotic relationship. Is that really what you want? Or do you want to know who you right. are as a grown ass person now and let them explore who they are going to grow into that individuation is such an interesting disentanglement. Right. Like your feelings are your feelings and mine are mine. And we might share some, mm-hmm. but your experience of it, like just that I think, especially for midlife is another thing that I see many people struggle with, like, but I should take care of it. And I should do that. I'm not telling you not to love. I'm not telling you not to do all of that, but what would behoove you? Would a little struggle hurt? Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I would be pissed if somebody took my struggles away and my tragedies away. So I can take one or two away. I don't know. Like I have a saying though. I have this story I like to tell that I am convinced (laughs) I am convinced when I was a soul and I was hanging out with God and we had a martini and a fucking cigarette, right? And I don't smoke, by the way, but this is what this is my image. I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do this time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Addict, addict parent. Yeah, please, please. Oh yeah, that yeah. A little uh-huh. emotional. Yeah, give me some of that. Starter marriage for an emotionally abusive person. Fuck, yeah. Lose my house completely. Fire at 17. Yeah, I'll go move as a junior in high school. Oh yeah. Get S8 at 15, but keep it a secret for 13 years. Yeah, let's do that. Well, let me marry that motherfucker. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Then I want to lose my house to an earthquake. And then I want to know the pain of losing. Um, I know pregnancies and let's do some of this and let's lose jobs. And yeah, baby, I am so funny. Oh, and I want to be betrayed. Oh my God. Can we throw some betrayal in there? Wait, best friend. Let's, let's, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. (laughs) And Give me these like super woo woo things and let me figure out. Oh, I want to see dead people too. Okay. Are we good? High five. I'm in. (laughs) I'm so sure we had that conversation. (laughs) And and then when I'm dead, I'll be like, oh, I I did good. You did do good. Look at you now. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. No, and I agree with you too. There's the things that I went through in my past that have been difficult for me to overcome. Mm. And those are the ones like, God, if I just didn't have that one thing. Yeah. Because that is that thread that has continued on in my life. And that's been hard to fix that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can cut those cords. We can just cut Good. cut those cords. I love your book title, Real Not Perfect. Yeah, it's like my mantra, how to become your happy, authentic self. Yeah, because perfect is a lie. Yeah, and and boring. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I just, I think... um 
that the word authenticity it became a buzzword. Like I like to say, I was just about. We're, oh my god, we're has. so the same, the same way. Like I'm just the about to say that. Like, well, being on social media all the time, mm-hmm. there's those buzzwords, right? And authenticity is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, like, what does it really mean to be authentic? Yeah. So, what do, what does it mean to you? For me, it is. It goes back to honesty. Mm-hmm you're authentic, you're honest about who you are and dare I say unapologetic. Yes. It doesn't mean you like yourself every day. It doesn't mean that everything is, it's not, it's just that, um, when, when you don't fit in, don't try, go Mm -hmm. find, go find your people, go find your thing or, um, that loving who you are and owning who you are. Like, yep, this is me. Yeah, this is a season or reason or whatever that horrible mm-hmm. sentence. But that though there are periods of your life. But if you knew me when I was younger, I'm pretty much her, just a lot less neurotic, right? <laughs> but <laughs> you, when you meet me, you will know what you are getting. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not right. a face for here and a face for there. Yes, I'm. You're, you're not a chameleon. You don't change from one. No. Yeah, I. Gosh, I love that. I don't like I'm the same way. Like some people uh, think like, I'm like, no, I'm, this is how I am no matter where it didn't, I don't, it takes up too much energy to do it the other way. Like, oh, let me act this way with this mm -hmm. person. And when I'm on social media, I'll Mm -hmm. do this. And when I'm on an interview, I'll like, oh gosh, that's too much to keep up with. It's, and it's kind of like little lies. Lying is yes, like, you exactly. do not like, I, if you lie, yep. I'm done with you. It's just my button. Right. Yep. So if you have to tell this story or be this for this or this, then how do you keep track of all of that? Yeah, It's going to breed dishonesty in your life. And Mm -hmm. and that is not something that really good things can come from. Yeah. Right. There's a price to pay. Yes. And perfectionism will prevent you from doing things that you really want to do, fulfilling your purpose even. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even took me a long time just to get where I'm at right now on the show and doing everything that I'm doing right now, because I would not get out of my own way. I was like, well, what if this, or what if that? And, you know, I mean, honestly, like after my brother did die, I was like, life is short. Like who gives a shit? Like, why does it matter? And someday people will forget about Wendy Valentine. And, and if I, you know, I know like it's hard to believe. I know. But it, that's like the reality of it. Like we think that our, I mean, our lives are precious, but we do think like, oh my gosh, if I make a mistake, then this is just going to be known forever. And mm-hmm. it's just gonna be so awful. No, it's not. Not everyone's going to forget. <laughs> I know. I think okay. that's the double-edged sword, right? Of social yeah. media, that things are really edited and performative. Mm-hmm. Our yep. news is outrageous because that's the only way to get your attention. We now have yes. eight seconds to share information. Otherwise, you won't listen. You're so, right. you know, all of that like comes into play. But like one, you, when you do get outside, like I know you go hiking too. Like when we yeah. go outside and you're there, you're like, oh, this is the reality. This right. is reality. Like right. I have friends, like all different I like having multicultural friends and I don't know if that sounds like a shitty way to say it, but basically I don't want to be in a bubble of echo. I want to be challenged. And sometimes I learn and sometimes I'm silent and sometimes I am not. I try to be supportive. Like we all have these different experiences. And when you're with a person and being real, 
Mm-hmm. Right. It means that yep. they might not like every single thing about it and vice versa, but also the world needs to give space and grace for people. You don't have to agree with every single thing. That is right. not how it's meant to be. <laughs> because then we exactly. like be uniform. That is a dystopian world, right? Mm-hmm. One voice, one thought, one action. Yeah. Don't give in to that. Keep Mm-mm. that in books. Yeah. It's, it's getting a little too like that out there for me. I'm like, it is. I've noticed that too. Lately. I was like, good golly, let's have a little bit of a change here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So, so how does like somebody start to become, if they know that they're not being authentic and true mm. to themselves, where do they even start? This is how I like to start. This is how I start in my program, which goes along mm-hmm. with my book. It is, I want you to give me three words that a friend would use to describe you. Oh, Okay. And then I want you to go ask a family member for three words that they would use to describe you. Ah. And then after you do that, I want you to, to write three words that you would. And I want to know if you feel like those words describe you or not. Huh. Like what your friend thinks you are. If it's congruent and correct. Like uh-huh. are you being performative? Are you fitting in? Are you, you know, yeah. um, being used? Are they energy vampires? Are people like using your good stuff? So, cause you could be compassionate and kind and you do everything, but is that how you want to be seen? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think someone I hadn't seen in a really long time, I think since high school, cause you know, like in social media, we'll have those people come out of the woodwork. Right. And they're like, you're still weird. I was like, is, <laughs> is that your best word at 50 something like is weird. Thanks. <laughs> But I was like, and then I felt, I felt that, or I put, I put more pink in my hair because it makes me happy. Right. And, and they're like, so what's with that? It makes me happy. Does this hurt yeah. you? Yeah. Show yeah. me on the bear where my pink hair, hair hurt you. Right. No. Right. So, so if you don't like it and I'm not hurting you, just keep going. And I, so I think for me, that's authenticity. That makes me happy. Yeah. What is the word that um, people use to describe you the most? Weird. No. Besides uh, weird. Uh, it's actually authentic. So when oh, people good. Me, they're like, oh. Yeah. It's so what, you, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, so that makes some of those schmoozy party places hard for me to be because I just, energetically, I feel all the lies in the room. Yes. Yeah. And so for me, that's not a space I, I like to be in. I had one client come in and be like, you're shorter than I thought you'd be. <laughs> awesome. I'm like, oh, you had an opinion of that. That's super cool. I am, I am, you know, what you see is what you get. I think I'm probably much quieter at home than people mm-hmm. think. But it doesn't mean that I don't like to be like loud and shake it and be, you know, sarcastic and slightly inappropriate at times, not in like in humor, right? Because I think people have lost their sense of humor. Too. Oh, like, gosh, I know. It's I gotten so bad. Like you can't say anything or do anything without like, oh, yeah. Whatever. I also think grownups have forgot to ha- what it's like to ha- be at a party and have fun. I love Halloween and I have a Halloween party every year and people come and I, it makes me happy. Right. Like, I mean, my house is the one with the, you know, 15 skeletons on the outside and every nook and cranny. Like I am, I'm for it. Um, 
Because how often do you get to be silly like that as a grown-up? Yeah. When they come inside and they're talking politics or I'm like, shut up, have a cocktail. Tell me what's new. What I haven't seen you. I'm turning up the music. I made a four hour playlist. I have an inflatable in the room with no furniture. Go shake your ass. Like, why are you being so serious? (laughs) I'm finding that people have forgotten. Yeah. How to just like have be- fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I have yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, that I know. <laughs> that, that I get done. Sometimes I'm like, I'll scroll through my own Instagram. I'm like, that that's fun. I'm like, I she's I fun. like your heights. I'm wondering though, can you put the dog down? Can the dog keep up though? Can oh, you walk yeah, with but you? Some, some of those, like we're we're on like cliffs or yeah. it's like, yeah, I'll just keep you in the bag, you know, a little bit easier. I'll keep you in the bag. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think a word is that people use for you? I knew you were going to ask me that. What do you think? Energetic. Boom. That's it. Boom. I hear that all the time, especially like people that want to be on the show. They're like, I love your energy. I love your energy. I hear that all the time. And you know what? Like, I, and I've, it's been like that for probably 15, 20 years that I've heard that. Now, prior to that, I didn't know myself enough. I would try to mm-hmm. actually, I would try to dim that energy or to dim the light because other people felt intimidated yes. or like my ex was like that, like, oh, you're being too loud to this, to that. I was like, gosh. So then I thought that meant that that's being bad, like being too loud or too energetic or too happy or too mm-hmm. whatever was not good. So then I completely shut my light down and then I lost myself. Yep. And that's like the worst thing you could do. Wait, so when's your birthday? Well, you don't give me a date. Give me like an an astrological thing. Come on, come on. Give it. it. (laughs) I'm a Sag. Oh yeah, you are. Hello, fire. (laughs) I'm an Aquarius. So fire and air. This is a good combination. I'm like, I I could. Oh yeah, Aquarius. So you were born um, February? January. The end of January. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, my my dad's an Aquarius. Um, I like to say I was born late because I was not a Capricorn. Um, Like (laughs) if you're into astrology at all, like anyone listening, what's interesting about my chart is... I'm an Aquarian, so detached, right? You know, kind of yeah. out there, visionary. But my rising is Cancer, all emotion. And then my moon is in Pisces, all emotion. And then my chart is completely in opposition between uh-huh. home and career. Uh-huh. So 100% opposites, my chart. Yes. So like there are times where I do focus on my family and I make choices based on that, Mm. right? You and I kind of were talking about that, like, where will I live for a while until my child is done with school and all of that. And that is really important to me to create a safe, stable environment, which you might think, oh my God, that's kind of traditional, Holly. That's a little, not what I would think from you, but I'm still me in that environment. But I think it's important that home means safety. That is a core that was a goal in my life as an adult to make my home feel safe because mm. that wasn't how I felt younger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there you go. That's my, that's my one thing, but it will be decorated with, you know, Halloween stuff oh, and, skeletons. And, and the fun and the wild and the loud. Like I was too much <laughs> and too big and too loud and too weird or 
too creative. And my starter marriage husband, like I would get all dressed up in what we would call a Holly outfit. And, and he would be like, those are ugly shoes. Or I would cook a meal and have Thanksgiving and had worked like 80 hours because I was in film and television woke up, made the whole meal. He would sit down and be like, this is salty and this is shit in front of all of our guests. Anything I did, it was always what's wrong. Now, when I come home and I have more pink in my hair, he's like, oh, my husband, different guy is like, oh, yeah, yeah, good. He's like, awesome. That's very Holly in the, but like a positive way. Yes. Not as it's like, oh, you're weird. Exactly. In the bad way, but like, whoop, whoop, here we go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Weird is good. Weird, yeah. You know, better than boring. I know. <laughs> like I'm making a face, right? Like, so do you do it, you have coaching? You have coaching programs, or how does mm-hmm. it work? As far yeah, as- yeah. I so I do, I work with people individually. Like, you know, you can start in a session, and then I like to evaluate honestly mm-hmm. how ready you are how fast you want to work. Because again, I don't have an agenda for your healing, but I will definitely give you suggestions, right? I like to tell people, I can't fix a life of your, of that trauma or that issue, what you've been dealing with for, I now make people answer what's bothering you and how long has it been bothering you? So just Mm -hmm. to clue them in that one hour, I probably can't do it all in an hour. We can make Mm -hmm. a really good connection and evaluate the best way to move forward. Otherwise, Oprah would know me, right? Like I could fix things in an hour, right? I I would be dancing all (laughs) over the planet. I'd be in Israel. I'd be in the Ukraine. (laughs) I'd be in Chicago. And like, I would be making, I'd be in Tennessee, making things better. Um, But I have individual sessions and then I have a program. It's my real, not perfect program. And that is, that's like 11 weeks and it's me like unfiltered all the time with you. And I, that's where I really lead the healing. And it's Mm. a step-by-step process to help you claim your voice, your passion and your self-worth. And again, Mm -hmm. it starts with defining yourself in your terms. Yes. Yep. That was the greatest thing that I did for myself was to actually like, all right, who do you want to be? And then stepping into the shoes of that woman now, not like waiting until everything fell into place. I was like, I'm just going to start acting like her now. Like Mm -hmm. what would she do every day? What would she eat? What would she, you know, how would she think? How would she feel? And then it ended up like all those thoughts and feelings and actions, like it all caught up. And then I became that woman. What was the biggest change for you when you were like, what were, I'm curious, like what the new version of you, her, how the thoughts and feelings were different than the other one? I would have to say, good question. Um, It was becoming my own best friend. Mm. Speaking kind words to myself about myself, like becoming my own coach, my own cheerleader. And I might still do it. Like even to like, oh my God. Okay. Come on, Wendy, you got this. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go. Like, so instead, like old Wendy would have been like, yeah, you, you're not, you know, you're not worthy, you piece of shit. Or mm-hmm. of course this happened. It's going to happen again. Wah, wah, wah. It was the mm-hmm. critic in my head. So I started paying attention to that ticker tape, if you will, of the voice going across in my head of like how I spoke to myself. And I changed that. I just instantly, I just became very aware of how I was talking to myself mm-hmm. and 
I fell in love with myself. And because, you know, it's like, it's the real, not perfect. I'm like, yep, this is me. Yeah. I think yeah. One, one of the things I ask people to do is like to pay attention to how many negative thoughts they have about themselves is yes. when they're looking in the mirror, instead of seeing what's sagged, dragged, what's bigger or smaller than they want it to be, whatever your yeah. own, you know, body dysmorphic issues might be, give yourself a compliment. I've had people take pictures of their tummies. I've even done this, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to take a picture of my tummy around my belly button and then I'm going to look at it. And then I'm going to say, I love you, Tommy. I love I you. Love I you. love you because what am I hating that? If, if my body type was on the person, another person, I'd be like, what? No, I also did this thing. So anyone listening who wants to join in, I have a, uh, cheap vase on my desk, like one that flowers from the grocery store came in. It's like uneven in a wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. But inside it once a week, I'm putting a post-it of a compliment to myself. Oh, I so like that. End of the year, I will have 52. Ah. And then when you're having a day or a moment or whatever, you can go back and then you're seeing really what you think of yourself. And mm. you can, your compliments can, like, if this is a hard thing for you to do, you can say, I'm organized or mm-hmm. I took care of everyone today. Yeah. Or, my mascara rocks. Like I, like it can be anything because I want you to be real about what is important to you in that moment and that time. Yeah. Like I got all the laundry away. Like if you're in a depressed state, right? Because I've dealt with depression, it's no joke. You need help. Oh, it's awful. That. Right. So awful. just getting up and out of that in the smallest step is a step forward. I think that's a really great way to think about it too. Like when we're talking about a midlife makeover, you know, mm. you can imagine this giant, you know, gorgeous elephant. Like for me, it's painted wild, magical colors. I have one like that in my office and literally <laughs> it's a piece of art. So, but like, how do I get there? Like there is so far from where I am, but it is that tiniest step, right? Like right. you saying the nice things, the ticker tape, whatever. I think one of my first steps was I realized I didn't want to continue working the way that I had learned to work. So like my dad's Mm -hmm. um, a workaholic. He was so like, it was everything, all my energy, all my mental space, all my emotional capacity, everything about me was defined by how I was going to Mm -hmm. achieve what I decided to achieve in five years. Mm. I worked it like I was. And then I realized I don't like who I am. I'm exhausted. I'm angry. I'm, I don't feel good. I've stopped doing everything I actually like. Mm. So what has value in your life? You might want, you know, an exciting life. Like you're living what I want to do next, right? I want to live here (laughs) for a little while. I want to live there for a little while. Yeah. I want to travel more. Right. So there's trade-offs and what you can afford. I never want anyone to like go into massive debt. I don't think that feels good. Right. No, that doesn't feel good. A little bit of debt to go somewhere that maybe will snap you out of your space. That's okay. And then we can make a plan to do it. And the Mm -hmm. best thing about being an adult is you can make a choice. And if it doesn't work because you have life experience, you have to make another. Yeah. Yeah. Midlife, you're, you're old enough to have experienced a lot and know what does work and what does not work. And you're also old enough to like make those changes. You're young enough in your life, I should say, to be able to go and make some new changes. Yeah. I like to say I'm firmly Mm -hmm. in midlife because like, like it boggles my mind. 
right? Like I'm, I've had how many lifetimes in this life? I've lived in many different cities. I've experienced mm-hmm. all these different things. I'm so yeah. lucky that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because when I left for school, I was like, peace out. I'm not coming back to this part of the world. It's, it doesn't like speak to me at all, right? So go find what does. Yeah. Even if you can only visit it. And if you can only visit it through sound, like I love, um, I know meditation isn't really for everyone. Um, I couldn't do it for the long time because of monkey brain, but meditation is just, it doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged and going, um, I really like binaural sounds. If anyone's into that. Um, Oh yes. I love that. But it is doing anything singular. Like, so if you are, let's say a golfer and you go to, to the range with a bucket of balls, yeah, you're, you're doing single breath, repetitive action, and you're only focused on that ball. I hate to tell you that's meditation. I was Nothing just so funny. Cause yeah, when I was hiking this past weekend and this was like a huge hike took almost five hours mm. and you had to focus on your feet and where you're walking or you're going off the cliff, you know? Mm -hmm. And I actually had said, I was like, this is meditation because you don't, you're not, I didn't have any thoughts. I was just like walking one foot in front of the Mm -hmm. other. So really, and I'm glad you said that because it's meditation doesn't have to be just like sitting there in silence. And it's really just slowing your brain waves down, right? What is it? Delta or alpha? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's theta, beta, delta, alpha. I'm yeah. like, I like theta. Theta, yeah, is super deep meditative. It might yes. be people. There are there are really amazing people all over the world who do sound baths. And that oh, might be yes. so out of your that. box. One of my best friends does this. Oh. Um, she and I met on a yoga retreat. That one I said, I was like, I need to leave the country. Oh, so-and-so is going to Brazil. Okay. And I, like I made, didn't know anyone, made friends and just like went to Brazil. Um, before I was married and had a kid, but like, you know, cause I could, I think those adventures are important. Meditation could be, you could be just walking your dog around the block, but I just don't want you to be plugged into your phone. I don't even want music. Yes. I just want you to pay attention. Maybe if there's traffic around you or not, if you're thinking I'm being bougie and all these things are super expensive and I can't play golf or whatever mm-hmm. then meditation, then you can find something else. You can literally just sit somewhere in your home or out like just on a balcony somewhere or in a park. You don't have to be mm-hmm. alone. Put your face in the sun. Yeah, and exactly. And start for and 30 even, seconds. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, what is it? The rose meditation where you mm-hmm. can literally just sit there and stare at a rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people love to cook. I mean, bless you. I'm glad you do because I like to eat. But like <laughs> cooking can be a form of meditation too because you're singularly focused on what you're doing. Yes. So I think those definitions matter. But I I think it's in those moments that you can start that mind-body soul connection and you'll be like, oh, I'm clenching my jaw. Yeah. Oh, you could just do right. a quick scan. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm walking my dog. Why does my neck hurt? Oh, because my shoulders are super tight. Yes. What's bothering? Getting me? more in tune with yourself. Yeah, you have to like cut the noise just to be able mm-hmm. to hear what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you, what your heart is telling you. Yeah. And yeah. then stop putting yourself last on the to-do list. Yes. I know. Yeah. My favorite, favorite tip is this for everybody. Everyone in the world, listen to me. Okay. We're listening. Do not plug your phone in by your bed. Oh, gosh. Yes. 
I totally agree with you. you. Go get an alarm clock. They exist. They've existed for a really long time. You can wake up without your cell phone, but the energy of that phone, yes. um, like the the need and necessity to scroll. Yep. Like because they made it addicting, right? So they have us. Mm-hmm. Just put plug, unplug from your phone an hour before you go to bed. Yeah. Oh, I know you can do it. I know you can. Whatever is <laughs> happening, no, they can wait. Unplug it in your kitchen, put it in the bathroom. Yeah. No, I don't even know. Otherwise, it's too it. otherwise it's too tempting to grab it and 100%. go. Oh. Or like mine, especially with social media, mine's mm-hmm. like constantly lighting up. In the middle of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't stand that. Yeah, I agree. So get a clock and I bet you'll sleep better. And when you start sleeping better, that's good. Yeah. Where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at Holly Hughes Intuitive online. That is it. If you type that into Instagram, that is me as well. Um, And that's where you can find me. So when does the, you said the one program is 11 weeks, right? Yeah. When does that start? I'm wrapping up my current cohort and I'm going to begin the next in, I think I'm going to do it at the end of June. I want a little time, um, a little downtime in between. So it'll be like the end of June through the summer. Nice. Yeah. I need to join that thing. Ah, I need to join that thing. Please, please. It's excellent. (laughs) I, I, I love it. I love watching women discover themselves. Yes. Isn't that great? It is. And then empower and then give them the power to like decide what they want to do. Right. That's and just you. go and just get out there and experiment and explore. You never know what you're going to like. And I suppose mm-hmm. I'm like, just try, try anything. Who cares? Why not? Right. And, right, and you, I heard you on your other path, right? But when you try something, you're not going to be perfect at it. Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. Just laugh at yourself. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself, but laugh at yourself. Yeah, just laugh at yourself. Thank you so much, Holly. You're amazing. Thank you. Good to see you. you, And I'll see you on Instagram. You will. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.